Welcome to the living room, or maybe we should say the family room, the den. Yeah, the family room. Well, just a couple of announcements. Y'all don't mind if I sit down, do you? couple of announcements today. I like this. You want to play bass while you're preaching? No, that's okay. Um, <laughs> next Sunday, gang, <clears throat> um, I'll be preaching in all three services, and I believe it'll be one of the most important messages that I will have preached since coming to Martha Bowman. And so I want to encourage you to be here next week. Um, also, I want to Encourage you to be here on the, the 7th of September. That's the first Sunday after Labor Day, right, Anthony? Yes. And uh, we're going to have two 11 o'clock services. We'll have our contemporary service over here in CLC. We'll have our traditional. There will be no 8.30 traditional. And then we're going to have a meal afterwards as a church. And so um, hold that date as well. That's going to be an important date. So... Let's pray together one more time. Let's pray. God, we, we thank you that you receive our worship, no matter what the decor, no matter what the style of music. E- even with our disposition, we may have come in here with uh, an ill spirit, uh, despondent, and, and you're ready to hear from us. And so we thank you that that already you have inhabited our praise. And so we want this to be a place where your glory can abide and you can become more real to us as individuals and as families. No matter what that family looks like, Lord, we just thank you for our families in the midst of this family of faith. And so bless our, our conversation together as we seek to hear from your word. It's in Christ's name that we pray. Amen. All right. Well, uh, Tim, I don't know if you're aware of this, but uh, we're going to be doing a renovation project here at the church. Wow. Thanks for the heads up. Yeah. I appreciate yeah. that. And, and we are. We really are, and we're excited about it, and um, gang, every area of the church, every ministry will be affected, and we really believe that it it will help to facilitate our ministry for making disciples, Um, and so we ask you to pray over the next several weeks related to that, and we are pushing towards that, and we believe it's what God has for us, and so yeah, I mean, we're going to be swapping places youth and children will swap places um our nursery area is going to get a facelift i mean sanctuary clc is going to be affected we're going to have hd in here right yeah we're going to enter into uh 2008 it's gonna be awesome great yeah good yeah Um. and so yeah and and you know the great thing about this we knew some things had to happen in terms of getting God's house where it needed to be. And so we prayed about the theme, and, and revisioning was what we locked on to. That's what we heard. Mm-hmm. And so we've taken this opportunity, gang, to say, yeah, this is about a renovation program, but it's also an opportunity for us to revision um, 
all that God has for us individually. We talked about that last week, right. reviving the life, and also his family and families and uh, the implications of that. And so we're going to talk about that today. Yeah, we're going to talk about um, the home, uh, in case you hadn't picked up on uh, the theme for today. And I uh, thought there was no better way to talk about the home than having um, kind of a living room set up uh, where, just like at your own home, we have hidden things under the carpet and uh, tuck things behind furniture that aren't supposed to be there and stuff like that. So if you want to come inspect after the Yeah, service. there's things slung all over the floor. It kind of reminds yeah. me of my uh, teenage son's room. Yeah, yeah that's great. It's, it's kind of a, uh, another title we could have used <laughs> is decluttering the home yes, uh, instead of renovating. But we're going to look at uh, Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 4 through 9. That's our scripture reading for this morning. And it's going to be up on the screen. I invite you to follow along with this. Uh, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. And uh, that's a great scripture to kind of enter into this discussion about homes because uh, this is from Deuteronomy, which is one of the early books of the Bible. And it's where Moses is talking to the Israelites as they're about to enter into the promised land. And he's kind of given them, hey, you're about to enter into a land. You haven't had a land. You've just been in tents. But you're going to have homes. You're going to have cities. And within that, uh, there are certain standards that those homes need to live by. Well, and I, th- I think Moses uh, really hones in on, on what is key uh, in, that, in terms of them going in, laying hold of what they need to lay hold of. Mm-hmm. And being solid in that, um, we, we know that God has affirmed all through the Old Testament into the New Testament through the spokespersons um, the the priority of the family and the home. You know, it's interesting that even in the Trinity, mm-hmm. the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, there's a there's a sense of family in that, and so God values family. And that, that's the core uh, institution. He mentions that first, well beyond the synagogue before that, before mm-hmm. the New Testament church and the community of faith. It's that smaller family that it becomes an instrument and a skylight to God. And, and that's why we felt like it was important to talk about this today, because that's that's an important, let me just say, life space. You know, one of the things that we're doing is we're taking space and we're repairing some of the things related to the space around here. We're, re, um, we're renovating space and, and we're repurposing. We're taking certain sections of the space of this physical plant and we're saying we feel like it would be better dedicated in this way. And yet we're not going out, Anthony, we're not going outside the footprint. That's, right. that's what's unique about this particular project is we're not going beyond the footprint. We're not going beyond the foundation of what we already have. We're taking what we already have and we're making it better. And so the good news for us in terms of families when it comes to renovations mm-hmm. 
is we don't have to change out family members as much as we'd love to, right? <laughs> and, and we don't have to change families. Uh, you know, I remember as a kid, and, and uh, you know, I, I used to see a, a dad or a mom, and I'd think, you know, man, I'd, I'd love to have him as a dad. He's handing out cash. You know, um, and, and so... We don't have to wish for anything other than what we already have. God's desire is to take what we have and make it better. And, and the implicit firm foundation that, that surfaces, Anthony, for me is verse 5 of what you read. Love the Lord your God with all your heart. That's a life space. Mm-hmm. And with all your soul and with all your strength. And it, and it really leads us up to where Jesus talks about in Matthew 7 about the two individuals that built homes. One built it on the sand, one built it on rock. They, they contended with the same elements, mm-hmm. but the solid foundation is what stood. And, and so I think foundation is something that comes out of this message for us today. Right. And one of the things, whenever you, you do a renovation, um, those of you who've done renovation work, Uh, know this to be true. You kind of have to make sure your foundation is intact before you can really do anything. And uh, the foundation is so important to any structure, uh, in particular to a home, uh, a spiritual home, to a family home. But we want families represented in our church, and we we want this, Tim and I each want this for our own families as well, where where that foundation is solid, that foundation is, is set in the right kind of way where it's focused on God. But one of the things that, that happens sometimes with foundations is there are cracks in the foundation. And when there are cracks in the foundation, when things aren't set up exactly right, uh, it can cause problems later on. And it's interesting that as Moses gives this spiel to the Israelites as he's talking about love the Lord your God with all of your heart, he recognizes right away that when they have homes of their own, um, there's going to be problems. There are going to be things mm-hmm. that distract them from having the right kind of family, things that distract them from having uh, that solid foundation of God. And uh, in verses 13 and 14, um, he says, Fear the Lord your God, serve him only, and take your oaths in his name. And in verse 14, he says, Do not follow other gods, the gods of the peoples around you. And what he realized is that they were going to get into the land, they were going to get settled in their homes, and there were going to be things that were going to distract them Mm -hmm. from that thing that he said was so important, which was loving the Lord your God. Well, let me interrupt you a minute. What are some of those cracks in the foundation? That, what, what Name one that you think is... is well, I, I don't think that our families today are, are struggling as much with following after other gods as we are. There, there are things that distract us, things that draw our attention, our allegiance. Um, mm-hmm. I think busyness is one of the biggest things that families struggle with today. I mean, there's mm-hmm. only two people and a dog in my house, and uh, we have to constantly like compare notes on our schedules and who's going where and things mm-hmm. like that. Would you mm-hmm. agree with that? Yes. How many would agree that busyness can distract away from uh, some of the most important priorities? There were about priorities? five people who agreed with that. We yeah, very good. Yeah. That congregation. Uh, I just wanted to make sure they were awake. But, yeah. uh, <laughs> you know, the, the, I think there's no question life can get in the way of family. I mean, right. we do family as life. But if we're not careful, there's a lot of good things. Even, even the church has been guilty of, of squeezing 
certain things out of our family time, and we've got to be sensitive to that. Right. And, and so busyness, the pursuit of things, possessions. Yeah, uh, what's the old term? This is kind of cheesy. It's a little dated, but affluenza, uh, the disease of affluenza, the desire. Like normal. Ebola, but yeah, aff- yeah, right. But not at all, right. Right. Uh, it's exactly. It can the same. be devastating, though. It can if it, if, can. If it, it can. obsesses you, right? And, and it can become a contaminant. In the idea that, well, I like what what Gaither says: want what you have. I remember in a Crown uh, seminar, some kind of uh, seminar, he was talking, and you know, want what you have, be content. Going back to what Paul mm-hmm. says, be content. And so our obsession with more and more things means that we get busier and busier and that foundation begins to crack and shift. Yeah, there was a, a story I heard, um, Joel Manby, I don't know if you're familiar with the name, he used mm-hmm. to be uh, the head of um, Saab, um, the car company in right. North America, and I think he had another continent as well. And he uh, has shifted into another business role that's more family friendly. And everything he was doing, he said he was doing in order to build a certain kind of life for his family. Mm. And what he ended up realizing was he was working all the time. He was constantly busy trying to get more and more and more. Uh, and he realized that he didn't even know his family anymore. And so he, he got out of that industry uh, and is now um, with Hershen Family Entertainment. Um, he's their CEO and uh, does a lot of good stuff. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's more things important. Um, than, than amassing possessions right, and a, ascending the success ladder. And, and I think it has to do with those immediate relationships that Christ has called us to. Yeah. Well, how, how do we allow that foundation to be secure or what are, what are the things? Um, one has to do, and really this segues, I think, into the idea that... Uh, Renovation is important. That we're not, we want to make the best of what we already have. Right. And so, verse seven is a great one. Yeah. Impress these laws, these principles, these tenets. Impress them on your children. I think it's important to remember that children are impressionable, and, and that comes in 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 different ways. I think there's there's that formal curriculum. Where maybe we can have, like, for example, a missionary night. We've had a missionary night at the Steffens where we take a missionary off the refrigerator, a postcard, mm-hmm. and we... Uh, uh, we you actually keep people on your yeah, refrigerator. That's awesome. Well, yeah. It, it <laughs> preserves them if you keep them near the fridge. Right. And, and, and so, you know, we're able to look at the card. We're able to read where they're at and pray for them. Th- that is a structured kind of thing. Or have a devotional, mm-hmm. you know, or... Or pray before you go to bed, before you send everybody. But Anthony, the things that stand out to me are what John Horton calls the, um, the kitchen table classroom. It's those informal moments where maybe we're around the supper table and we're breaking bread together. And that food is a reminder that there's one greater than us who's providing for us. And that we're all in this together and we're eating together. Mm-hmm. And we're telling stories, and we're laughing, and we're sharing frustrations. Mm-hmm. Another one for us, 
road trips. I mean, um, wow, families that play together. Well, families that pray together, stay together. Families that play together, you've heard this, have a nervous breakdown. Right. Um, <laughs> but, but road trips and being together. And, and then the, the other is sometimes uh, when, when um, they're stalling and they really need to get on to, to bed. And we kind of, a couple of them pile up on the master bedroom bed and some of us are sitting in chairs in the master bedroom and we're talking about the end of the day and we're talking about things that have surfaced. That's the unwritten curriculum. And mm-hmm. we're processing, okay, where is God in that? And what is God trying to say in that? And so, you know, to, to build on that foundation and to renovate, I think it's important for us um, to recognize that there are going to be formal moments where we bring them to church, where Liz is able to invest in them mm-hmm. in terms of teaching them the tenets of our faith and our children's ministry or our student ministry. But then there are those informal moments where we can be together as families and let down and grow together. Right. And I, I know for me growing up, um, I've told this story about my mom before and she didn't get too mad at me for embarrassing her. So I'll, I'll try it again. But um, growing up, uh, we had in my house, like part of the written curriculum, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, my mom would sit down and talk to me about God's love for me. And my mom would sit down and say, you know, it's important to love the Lord your God with all of your heart and all your mind and all your strength. Mm-hmm. We, we would talk about those things. Um, but there, there are certain things that are more impressionable uh, than just that. And, and there's one time I remember distinctly, uh, it was when I was in middle school, uh, and I was not loving the Lord my God. Well, I was loving the Lord my God, but it wasn't the God that it should have been mm. um, with all of my heart. And I, I was just straying, and I was going through all sorts of hectic craziness in my life. And I remember waking up in the middle of the night, and my mom was kneeled beside my bed praying for mm. me. And, and that's the image of, of what lasted. It was mm-hmm. she had reached her, the end of her wits, so to speak, um, I know how she feels. Yeah, you, you feel that way sometimes too. <laughs> but she had reached a point where, where she didn't feel like she could do anything more for me, and so she was surrendering it to God. And so that was a lasting impression in my life that, you know, there comes times when all you can do is surrender to God. Keep praying, Carrie. Yeah. Keep praying. Well, <laughs> and the same thing with my dad. My dad did not, he was a committed Christian. Right. He was able to articulate his faith, mm-hmm. but you know what? His greatest—he is the greatest example. There were in seminary, I had great theologians. Mm-hmm. Sunday school, I had great teachers. I've, I've learned under great pastors. Um, but my dad schooled me in God's love. I mean, he—he he taught me in his unconditional mm-hmm. way of yeah. loving the way the Lord loves, and. Right. Um, and I'm grateful for that. I really am. And so it goes back to, yeah, there are some things that are taught, and right. then there are some things that are caught, right? And, uh, and that's important. Yeah, and as we, we think about this, I mean, we, we've talked a lot about the foundation, but then there, there are times from time to time when you have to do a little bit of renovation, sometimes when you have to do a little bit of sprucing up of, of the household. And, and it's interesting to me, um, to think about our congregation as, you know, you just look out today. There, there are so many different types of homes 
represented. I don't mean, you know, one bedroom versus three bedroom or uh, large house versus small house. I mean, that there, there are families in this room um, that cover every end of the spectrum. Um, but there, mm-hmm. there are certain principles when it comes to renovation um, that really apply to all of us, uh, really apply to all of our types of homes. Well, in this process, as we've worked very diligently at being good stewards in this renovation, this revisioning concept, uh, we've done a lot of cost analysis. Randy Griffin has crunched the numbers, but one of the things that he has had to say to us in all of our categories is we've got to come up with a contingency, that unexpected, that those expenditures that once you begin to tear out the wall, Mm-hmm. You discover that there's water damage. Right. Once you climb in the attic, you see dead rats. Sorry, not here, but in some houses. <laughs> and, and so the unexpected junk and mess that are in some of our families, mm-hmm. some of our stuff, mm-hmm. our brokenness. Right. Yeah, and there's, there's a show um, I was hanging out with my in-laws a few weeks ago. And uh, one of their, their sacred experiences in uh, their family is watching HGTV. And uh, there, there's a show on HGTV, I don't know how many of you have seen it, called Property Brothers, in which uh, there are these two brothers that go in. One's a real estate guy, the other is a renovation kind of guy. And they go in and they say, all right, this is, with certain people, they say, this is what you want. This is the house you want. We can't find that house, but what we can do is we can find a cheaper house and then spend the rest of your budget on some renovations to get exactly what you want. Um, And it's interesting, as they go in, um, I was watching an episode with my in-laws, and they went in, and there was asbestos in the wall. And so it it majorly changed how the renovation was going to work. And I think that sometimes when we get ready to renovate our homes, when we get ready to renovate our lives and and deal with some of the stuff under the carpet or in the walls, Mm -hmm. um, there's a certain amount of evaluation that has to take place, that contingency that you talked about. And we have a choice. Right. We can either cover it up cosmetically Mm -hmm. and deny it's there, or we can say, you know what, for the long-term health of this structure... We need to eradicate or remove right. this disease in the yeah. case of human relationships. And, and some of those can be some of those unexpected contingencies when we begin to say, okay, okay, God, we want you to begin to renovate our marriage. We want you to begin to really do a new thing in our family. We discover that there is maybe some bitterness that never really has been taken care of. Maybe Mm -hmm. there's some financial issues Mm -hmm. that need to get in order long term. And so we have a real opportunity to confront, to remove, Mm -hmm. then to insulate, put sheetrock, and put the right color over top of that. Yeah, you know, it's interesting that whenever you sit down with someone and they want to do a renovation project, they never sit there and tell you what they want the studs in the wall to look like or what they want the the foundation to look like. it's all about the finished product. It's all about the cosmetics. And, and Jesus even alluded to that with the Pharisees. He said, you're, you're so concerned about the outside appearance. Sometimes in our families, we're so concerned with presenting this image of this is who we are that we don't take care of the inside. 
And so, I don't know if you know this, there is no perfect family. Did, did anybody share that with you? That would make things... There's no perfect husband. Yeah. There's no perfect wife, except mine. Right. And, <laughs> and, but seriously, and there are no perfect children. There's no perfect church. I don't know if we let them in on that. Right. But, and, and I think that brokenness points us to the need to invite one other person into our family that we haven't. Maybe, maybe we have. And that is to make Christ a resident, a central resident in our home. And he's the one that can begin to address the things that stand in the way of the beautification of the structure. Yeah. The other is specialists. Right. Yeah, sometimes you, you get into a renovation project and you realize oh, goodness, we need somebody who specializes in this particular area of the structure of the house, and you have to bring in that person to take care of that. And and sometimes in our families, uh, it might be a situation where there's a conflict with a child or a conflict between a spouse where you have to bring in a counselor who specializes in that. Yeah, and to, to kind of parse through and work through that. One of the things in the Scripture, and I know we're closing out our conversation here, but look, and it, it, it's this. Um, and it's where he says, related to doorpost of one's life, um, mm. or, you know, put on the doorpost these laws, these statues. And, and I think when Christ becomes that main resident in our home, when our faith, there it is right there, write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates, there comes a point where I think what he's saying is you don't necessarily have to have a sign or a fish on the front of your door. Right. I think what he's saying is once Christ becomes so much a part of your family, once you work through some of your stuff, and that's a process that's lifelong, you'll have a witness. It'll be on your doorstep. It'll be on your doorframe. People will see it. And they'll long for that. Right. Write them on your door frames of your houses and on your gates. And yeah. so as we think about renovating, right. what, what, is, what is something, as we've got families here, we have single parent homes. Right. We, have, um, we have husbands and wives and, and, and children. We've got... Um, Senior adults, there's nobody else at home, um, empty nest. What is a message for any kind of home, any kind of family that, that we can take with us as far as an exercise? Yeah, I, th- I think that the invitation for this morning is as we um, prayed about what this whole idea of renovating our homes meant for us as families is uh, we just want to extend an invitation to everyone, regardless of their family type, family size, to do some sort of home inspection. Do some sort of inspection uh, into, is there structural damage? Are there cracks in the foundation? Are there there walls that need to be adjusted a little bit? Mm -hmm. You know, and, and we use this in a metaphorical sense, but I think that we can, we've alluded enough to the issues that might be there. Uh, and so just it's an invitation to do that inspection. And as you do that inspection, you might realize that there are some things that you need to spruce up, some things that you need to fix, mm-hmm. 
structurally, uh, and you might even, in the process, realize that there's someone you need to bring in, a specialist, mm -hmm. to help through it. You know, and the altar is going to be open. Uh, in fact, we can go ahead and invite the praise team, yeah. the worship team, to come on up. The altar is going to be open, and if you'd like to come as a representative of your family or as a family to pray, and but even if that doesn't happen, it's okay during this time. I want to encourage you at some point today, maybe over lunch, uh, maybe later in the day, maybe before you all crash into the beds at night tonight, <laughs> to pull your, your family aside and say, you know, we talked about it at church. How are we? Is there anything we need to talk about? And, and, and then maybe pray together. And if you don't feel comfortable, or even as parents articulating prayer, maybe say the Lord's Prayer together. But I want to encourage you to do, as Anthony said, a little home inspection and let Christ be the contractor to bring that renovation.